Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm going to get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's going to make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice? Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post-game Birds with Friends. It is 1240 a.m., at Lincoln Financial Field, it is dark on the field, just as it has quickly turned dark on the Eagles' once bright franchise shield. A 23-21 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. And really, the team is in shambles. I think it's fair to say 2-3, and three, the season is not over, the division is still bad. As we uh, joked about, as you and handsome Rich Hoffman joked about, you got the questions in the locker room tonight. How good does it feel? Is it helpful to know that you can turn the page on this game quickly because you got a quick short week coming on Thursday? Lots to get to. I'm punchy. I don't even know what the question is. How you doing? We're both wearing sort of shades of pink here. I think this is the first game where we can get on the microphones afterwards and say there's legitimate cause for concern. You're two and three. You've had back-to-back losses. You look, quite frankly, and we'll get to this, players said this. These aren't my words. You look more like the team from 2016 than the team from 2017. So, yes, lots of issues to get to. I said to Rich before the game started, I said, I'm an objective reporter. I don't care who wins. However, I will say the one uh, bright spot about a loss would be we will get the questions of, how good does it, you know, is it helpful to know you can turn the page on this loss and you got to get back out there on Thursday? You really have no choice. You got to, is that going to be good to, the only thing I like more than that, Bo, is the, before the first preseason game, how good is it going to feel to hit some guys in another uniform? Let's be honest, it doesn't really feel like football (laughs) until you get hit that first time, am I right? Where almost do we begin? As, almost as much as that, I enjoy um, offensive players going in on defense on Hail Mary attempts at the end of halves and games. That is, all, that is very fun. Uh, I mean, listen. I think we can do like offense, defense, coaching, and then everything else. The whole thing. I, mean, well, I yeah. think what we should do is actually just sort of go through the game you in, love in, doing that. in chronological That's order. I like going through okay. drive by drive. But let's just, right. you know, big picture here. The offensive line, best in the league last year. Very bad so far this season. Uh, the wide receivers, pedestrian at best. Uh, running backs, fine, okay. Defensive line, doing well, I think it's fair to say. Secondary, Roberto Garbaggio. I mean, it, it, the whole thing is just, it's, they're in bad shape. And, 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 and more than anything else, they are, this is a shockingly sloppy team on, mm. on both sides of the ball penalties, uh, negative plays, missed assignments, missed tackles. all Like the most maddening things for a fan is exactly what this Eagles team has given you. Well, sometimes I wonder with the sloppiness, like every coach loves to point to that after every game. And sometimes it's like, well, it's not really above the norm. You know, every team has some penalties and every team has some turnovers and missed blocks and mistakes. However, we now have a five-game sample size, Bo. The Eagles' 43 penalties are tied for third most in the NFL, and only the Jaguars and the 49ers have a worse turnover differential than your Philadelphia Eagles. So these numbers back up. I mean, right? When you think sloppy team, what are you looking at? Penalties? Yeah. Turnovers? Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh Malcolm Jenkins said this in the locker room. He said, you know, everything that's going wrong, it is like it is almost as simple as the turnover margin. We are, for all that's going on, if we take the ball away more or if we give the ball away less, we're in much better shape. And that's true. I mean, it, he, he, his words were, you know, the game is not that simple necessarily. It really just often comes down to that. But I have to tell you, talking to the guys in the locker room, 
I'm not so sure that this this team is is. I think they're fooling themselves a little bit. I think they still think that they can easily get this stuff corrected. That they are still uh, a legitimate contender. We've got bugs in here. We've got moths. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure. I see a team that realizes how dire things are right now. I, I I'm not. So, I didn't I didn't love the vibe in that locker room. Well, I compare everything to the 4-12 and Andy Reid team, his mm. last season, where, I mean, things were just falling apart all sure. around them, and they were, they were acting like they were yeah. destined for the Super Bowl. Right. So it's, I don't think it's at that well, point of course not. at all. But you've got Fletcher Cox and Jalen Mills getting after each Good. other on the sideline. Fletcher line. Cox spoke for every Eagles fan yeah, watching on TV, I, I know, I, but, I mean, you've got that stuff. You've got... Uh, Jason Peters subtly throwing Carson Wentz under the bus. No, you, uh, you heard the. Were you there? You heard I the missed audio that. Part. I got there after. But you that. heard the audio. I did hear the audio. So what? What did you? Let's let. I, that was a very. You know, that was a very interesting quote. I thought he had. Here, I've got it right here in front of me. Let me read it out loud. This was in response to a question from uh, Rich Hoffman, the handsome, handsome Rich, on you know, hey Jason, what are you going to say to Lane Johnson? He's going through these struggles, and he said. The fans, they want more out of the offensive line. The media, the critics are going to be on him. I just told him to stay off Twitter, off the internet, stay locked in. You're a great play. You a great player. Just come to work every day and just fix it. Right now, we kind of struggling at offensive line because we got to block longer. We have a quarterback that's coming off of an injury, and he want to make a play. We just have to block longer in order for him to make a play. We just got to be better in pass protection. So I mean think? I don't think that that is him throwing him under I the bus. I don't think so either. But um, I think that I think there is some truth to that. That I mean Carson Wentz is generally a quarterback who is talented enough at avoiding the rush and capable of making those uh, extemporaneous big plays that it's worthwhile for him to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. But I mean a lot of the pressure that he is seeing is Ooh. not. This is not like. Oh, I, bl- I was blocking my guy for four or five seconds, and then he sort of found his way to Carson. These are like immediate pressures, and Jason Peters has been culpable. Lane Johnson has been culpable. The games, the the, the defensive line stuff uh, that they have struggled with all season long, they struggled with them again. Uh, and you know, you would think that if that's the case, you want to keep continuity. The Eagles chose not to do that. They brought in Isaac Ciamalo. He's the new left guard. There's all these different variables going in, and and. Uh, you know, the, the offensive line, which was so dominant last year, has been one of the weak units on the team and probably the worst unit on the offense if you give the wide receivers a pass for being untalented. I would say the most disappointing unit on the team, 100%, right? 100%. I mean, based on expectations there, I agree with you. I actually, you know, the, then Peters had a quote later that was like, kind of praising Wentz's ability to make plays. He's like, we know that if we protect him, then he's going to make plays. Uh, The sack rates are very different. I I looked this up. So under Nick Foles, he was getting sacked on 5.7% of his dropbacks. With Carson Wentz, it's 9.0. But I kind of tend to agree with you. I mean, was at about 6 point something as a a whole last year, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah, so it's up. But yeah, I mean, even not just the sacks, but you can look at some of these pressures and hits. I mean, he's tra- the, it's plays where it's like quick game where the ball's coming out quickly. I believe they're second or third worst in the league in, in hits per game. Okay. Um, well, I'll be able to look at some of the, you know, how long's he taken to throw type deal. Right. We can look at some of that in upon further review. But uh, I did think that was an interesting quote because, yeah, when you kind of pile it all together, you know, then you look at... The Fletcher, Cox, Jalen Mills. For those who didn't don't know what we're talking about, I think most people do. But uh, Jalen Mills gives up a 68-yard catch, and then later on the the drive has like a pass breakup against Adam Thielen, and it's you know they're like chirping yeah. back and forth in each other's face. Meanwhile, and Thielen was the one who had the 68-yarder. He was right the one now. who, yeah, and I mean he was making plays all over the field all game long. And then the Vikings are lining up for a field goal, and Mills and Thielen are like going at it. 
and Fletcher Cox comes over to him, and I would like to see the replay, but when I was, we were just looking down, and it looked, I mean, he was, like, grabbing him, like, get yeah. your butt over there, yeah. like, and don't, if you get a penalty right now, I'm going to throw you into the third row, and so he got, and then Mills was kind of, like, coming back, he wasn't like, right. okay, I, I got you, and he was, like, coming back. there was some replay of afterwards. Mills went over. Mills went over and apologized, or, you know, at least Said, talked to him, right? Yeah, and, and Cox did sort of give him a little right, pat and was right. like, it's all good. I mean, these things happen, but, uh, yeah, I really do think there it was Cox being like, dude, like, right. first of all, you just gave up this huge play. Right. You're not playing well. I'm busting my butt on every play. Because you know what? You know what's interesting? On that 68-yard play, Cox, like, crushed Cousins. Like, he was, yes. I don't know if you saw that. He yes. was in his face. Yeah. And so he must get even like done at that. the goal line. And he turns around, and he sees this huge play down the field, and it's just been every week. With Jalen Mills. So you combine that with, you know, this Peters thing is sort of weird. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, I asked him about the explosive plays, and he was like, you know, sometimes on those we're, you know, we're being aggressive and the rush, it just isn't quite getting there type of deal. We're like, half, I mean, there's a lot of these like away. sort of subtle snipes. Subtle snipes. Stefan Wisniewski to, yes. to Zach Berman of the Inquirer. Uh, asked about being benched. I'm going to be honest. I've been playing pretty well. I really don't think that was it. I have some theories, but I'm not going to share those publicly. It's frustrating. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd probably be losing my mind, mm. to which you said. Yeah, I would hate to see what would happen if he was Jewish. <laughs> he'd be, like, what if he'd be, he'd be stripping on the sideline, like... Pulling his hair out, <laughs> he can't. The only thing, the only thing keeping him sane is his Christianity. God forbid a Hindu has to go through that. <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> raising all kinds of hell. Oh my goodness! Oh, that was uh, a, one that was, wonders what. Uh, you know, I mean, I what, I think I know what his theory is. What his know? what his reincarnation uh, future would be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! He's, yeah, he's going to be one of these moths in the next in the next life. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know precisely what his theory is. What do you but, think it is? But the answer is that uh, you've got a guy who was a third round pick. The offensive line is old. You got they're going to have to turn over several of these positions in the coming few years. Stephen Stefan Wisniewski was never the person they wanted at left guard. Even when they benched Simala last year, Chance Warmack got the first shot, and he had to be terrible so that Wiz could play. I think that they have always been looking for a way to replace Wiz with Simala. The only thing that holds that off from being like a certainty is that Simala was playing center all summer. Yeah, no, I think that I think that is the theory that Wisniewski is referring to. I would guess. I mean, I don't know what other. I'm theory sure it's something. Yeah, I mean, there could be, but uh, it was. I thought it was a strange move. I mean, he didn't play well against the Titans, but man, I just do not look at this offensive line and say, "All right, get Wisniewski out of there," and that's going to solve their problems. I mean, they're you know they're seeing Sayamalu at practice every day, and you know they might think, "All right, he's really." Made the leap. He got off to a slow start today. I I didn't notice him too much later in the game. We'll have to rewatch and uh, check that out for I'll sure. I'll tell you what uh, Jason Kelsey said. Okay. On this, give me a second. Uh, but it is yeah. So anyway, the the bigger point was that there are sort of all these little kind of nothing is like huge. And then oh, I'll add one more to that. Jeff McLean of the Inquirer reported that uh, Michael Bennett got into a spat with uh, defensive line coach Chris Wilson on the sideline last, last week. week. Yeah. And then today, uh, Bennett does the old, uh, I'm out of here, um, you know, doesn't want to address anything in the locker room after the game. And so. even though he has a controversial roughing the passer penalty, and most guys have his back, but Brandon Graham says, yeah, that was a penalty. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, honestly, with Graham, he just sort of, <laughs> I don't. They, Someone could have just asked him. There could they, be yeah. no alternate meaning that to that, penalty, but right, he did yeah. say, like, that's what, yeah, they're going to call that. Uh, okay, two things. First, this is, what, this is what Jason Kelsey said, and this sort of echoes, I asked, I asked Kelsey and Brooks and Lane and Peters, you know, were you surprised or how surprised were you by this decision to go to Simalo? And pretty much they all said, uh, you know, like, Nothing in the NFL surprises me at this point. I've like, been yeah, there. I've been there. You know, yeah. I've been I've been around the block long yeah. enough. And it's the business. It's and the business. truth is, these guys are so old that they have <laughs> been around the block long enough to see these things. But uh, Kelsey said, 
you know, first he was talking about the continuity because he was saying, you know, for the most part, they have not just been getting beaten one-on-one, although that has happened to Lane Johnson. Uh, for the most part, it has been the twists and the stunts and, and the games. Uh, and he said the continuity... I don't want to say that that's the problem because at the end of last year, we didn't have continuity and we won the Super Bowl. But there are all these little different variables. And so I said, well, if that's the case, were you surprised that you added another variable with a new guy at left guard? And he said, uh, I think Isaac's been playing tremendous football. He had a tremendous training camp. He had a great offseason in the weight room. He's a different player now. Not that Wiz was playing bad. I love Stefan Wisniewski. He brings a dynamic that is very, very fun to work with and be a part of and be out there with. But, you know, I think that whenever you're losing games and the offensive line struggling, they're going to look for answers to correct it. And Isaac is physically a very, very gifted player. I'm not surprised. It sucks for Stefan because I don't think he was playing particularly terribly. But these are decisions that ultimately happen when you are not getting the job done as a unit. Hmm. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. All right. So say Amalu physically, maybe more upside looking towards November, December. Well, I mean, he definitely has more upside. I guess so. Uh, like physically. I mean, what are the odds that Sayamalu has a stretch that was as good as Wisniewski's like last? I don't know. Six, seven. You know how Wisniewski played at the end of last year. Sorry, I found a I found a typo in that oh, quote, so I'm that's okay. letting Pete know. Well, you know, I, so anyway, that that was the one. Well, there were two personnel changes they made. One was Wisniewski. The other was on the defensive side of the ball. Avante Maddox, we predicted this. Yeah, uh, gets the start at free safety. And quickly place, before yeah. the other, my other uh, concern about the offensive line, locker room quote wise, was Lane Johnson saying, uh, you know, he was asked about his game like are you not playing at the same level and he said yeah well you know i had one bad snap out of 80 the steven the steven weatherly sack that turned into the linval joseph touchdown he did not have one bad snap i feel like he was flip-flopping with that it sometimes he was saying like he's like well he that's, a bad the, that's game. this position and then other times he was saying yeah you know the one sack i'd like to have back but uh yeah i agree i thought he was getting pushed back into the uh, Carson Wentz's face all game long. I mean, that'll be a one to look at on a rewatch, but yeah. I did not think it was That was, was not, certainly not my impression play. of watching no. live. And, uh, I mean, this is two weeks in a row that, you know, the guy who was the best right tackle in the NFL last year has given up a sack fumble. Yeah. It's crazy. Stephen Weatherly coming into this game had one career sack in 21 games. Stephen Weatherly coming into this game... Was didn't did not exist as far as I was concerned. No, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. So uh, that that's the, really the most puzzling one on the offensive line, right? Yes. I mean, Peters old has a quad. Kelsey is dealing with a knee issue. Left guard, they make a lineup change. I mean, Brandon Brooks, I think, has been fine. And then, like right tackle, you have this twenty-eight-year-old who should be in the prime of his career. He's the youngest one besides Ciamalo. Youngest one and coming off a great year. And you think he just, was smelling himself a little too much? You think I mean, he was I don't know. The press clippings? Even then, like, should that really matter? He should just be physically, so he's the, this freak show athlete. He should just be physically superior to these guys. He should be. So that's, I don't know. I don't three know for three at regular play. season home games where I've got a, uh, a malady. i got a little sore throat here. Mm, stay away from me. I know. That's okay. generally your advice to me. Yes. Uh, all right. So that's the, anything else with the offensive you, line? I know you wrote about him. Yeah, after. I did. Um, I I had so many quotes that I couldn't fit them all in. That's you know I should have just dumped all the quotes and said, "Here you go, read, make it, make your own story." Yeah, that's always good. Uh, I think that's about all I've got on the offense line. So Slow yes, Avante Maddox. Oh okay. no, one more. Let's let's stick with the offense. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we're doing your thing of going through the whole. You don't game. think we're gonna do my thing? I think no, we're gonna do. We've it. We've already hit on all these points. We got a long way to go, my friend. All right, then just start doing that. I don't want to do that like forty-five minutes in. You'll be like, all right. Now, let's start with the first play of the game and go through every one. I'll get home at 3 a.m. You're getting home at 3 a.m. Anyway, I must be friend. lonely. All right. All right. Well, Vikings start with the ball, so we can talk about how Avante Maddox, as you were about to. I don't know how Avante Maddox did, quite honestly. Seemed like he did fine to me. It didn't seem like he did terribly. Yeah. He wasn't in the middle of the monster play. He did better than like. Corey Graham last week. He did. I would agree with that. Uh, so he got the start. Uh, you know what? I haven't even t- tallied up. I was doing the uh, the defensive alignments again. 
Let's see what they played the most. Riveting podcast right here. Equals some D2. Look at you, Excel master. Wow. D62. What a beast right here. Copy. All right, I'll talk. You don't have to say this out loud. Uh, Ronald Darby gave up. Looks like they were, uh, I missed a few plays at the end. For the most part, they were in nickel 29 plays, base 16 plays, big nickel four, dime once. Okay. So mostly nickel, but uh, I, I'm, I think it might have even been closer than that because especially early in the game, the Vikings were. Ma- it seemed like they were making a concerted effort to keep the Eagles' defense in base. Correct, using a little tempo on that first drive. Mm, a tempo that bad boy. Well, I mean, overall, my thoughts on the defense. I don't know if this is how we're doing it or not. Do you have anything great to say about that first drive? So I mean, they drive right down the field, but then Dan Bailey misses a chippy. Yeah. The Eagles' offense goes three and out on their first drive. Siamalo gets pushed back on two of the first three plays yes. right into Carson Wentz's lap. Peters was beat on the third down play also. That first play was really weird. I think it was an RPO. Peters, oh, that first play, yeah. And, like, Xavier yeah. Rhodes is all over Alshon Jeffrey, and Wentz, like... He just throws it. Throws it anyway, yeah. and, uh, I don't know, could that it have been weird. an interception? He was def- it was Maybe. definitely, like, everything was yeah. way off on that play. Yeah. Um, that's a, I mean, there's so many things about the offense. Like, you were yelling all game, like they don't know where to. Li- no one knows where to line yeah, up or who's all, on the no field. No one knows where to line up. I'm. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say wild. Rachel, my wife was getting on me because I apparently am saying wild too much. Okay, well, I'll hold you accountable here. Okay, gotta you know, gotta hold yourself accountable. That's what this locker room is all about. That's what Lane Johnson said, even though they're not really doing it. All right, you got anything else? I mean, what you're just gonna read the drives to me? How's this going? Miss field goal, then they get a field goal, then the Eagles uh, go three and out again. Well, let me say this about so 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 the missed field goals. Like I'm hearing some, oh, the defense didn't play that bad. You know, they don't. They kind of got it together, and uh, they only one of the touchdowns was on the yeah. Eagles' offense. I agree with that. I don't agree with that. They had they gave up. They if you say you trade two missed field goals for a touchdown. They gave up 22 points. Okay. It could have, I mean, I don't think that's reflective of their play. There's definitely some luck in there. Kirk Cousins threw seven incompletions the entire game. Yeah, but they also were on the field the whole game because the offense stunk. And because they can't, couldn't get off the field. Uh, they weren't the, the great. Chip Kelly thing? Get off they the field. I'm not saying they were great. But if the offense could string a freaking drive together, get a first down every now and then. Well, it's not an either-or thing. Like, both sides of the ball played poorly. They give up five explosive plays. Kirk if I'm goes, giving out turkeys, the offense gets 80 turkeys blamed for this game. 80? Yeah. Crazy. All they had to do was score a touchdown when Nigel Bradham gave him the ball on the 30-yard line. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when they I, get two penalties, it's fourth and twenty. Well, I think the defense. I mean, the offense is definitely way more responsible in this game. Eighty might be pushing it. I may be at like a seventy-one. Yeah, that's a huge difference. You're right. I'm, I'm the crazy one. Be accurate. Uh, but I still think the defense is like smoke. It's a smoke and mirrors defense. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good defense. I mean, 30 for 37, 301 yards and a touchdown for Kirk Cousins. Can that, we calm down about Kirk Cousins Adam in this game? Thielen. People are like, oh, what a game by Kirk Cousins. I mean, just He made some beautiful you throws. You gave him credit on a throw. The throw to Thielen. I had to look over to make sure it was you and someone had not possessed your body. I said that was a beautiful throw. Yeah. He, was, he stood in the pocket. Fletcher Cox was coming to eat his lunch, and he threw a beautiful pass. Over Jalen Mills. Could I throw it past Jalen Mills at this point? Perhaps, but that's neither here nor there. Great throw. He did a few a few other times where uh, you know he did a good job of getting rid of the ball before the wide receiver was open, throwing it into space. I gave him credit for that. He also almost threw the game away by throwing backwards. It's a play call. He was, you blame he, your boy he, John he was, on that. Kirk Cousins was dying to give this game away. Well, he was dying to give it away. And the Eagles' defense could not take it. I agree. They, they had nine real possessions, and on, and on six of them, they really should have scored if they wouldn't have missed field goals. You think that's, that's fair. good? No, I don't think it's good. I think it's better than the offense. The last... All right, they went... Yeah, you're right. They went missed field goal, field goal, punt, missed field goal, touchdown, field goal, punt, fumble, field goal, end of game. The offense, meanwhile, punt, punt, field goal, fumble, punt, 
And that fumble was a touchdown. End of half. Fumble, field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown. Uh, I mean, that, that was great. Riveting, the last but. two games, Marcus Mariota and Kirk Cousins have completed 75% of their passes. Yeah, that's, that is wild. 8.1 yards two per Two mediocre attempt quarterbacks. For 645 yards against the Eagles. Yeah, How that's did Marcus bad. Mariota look against the vaunted Buffalo Bills today? Yeah, you're, I agree they with you. They couldn't get through for like 100 yards. I'm, you're preaching the choir. They're they're equally mediocre quarterbacks. Um, so yes, I do not agree. With I just the, wanted the Eagles to win this the, game so that the Sinbad "Thank You for Your Work" T-shirts I could know. well they'll still work. take over Philadelphia. All right. So I thought that the uh, but I mean there are a lot of can these you hidden, get more than one sack on the guy? But there are a lot of these there are a lot of these like hidden possessions right where after the touchdown the Linval Joseph touchdown. The yeah. Eagles get the ball back with four minutes left in the second quarter, yeah. down 10-3, and they go three and out. Yeah. Because they have got second and two, and Jason Peters gets a false start, and then Alshon, or then Zach Ertz gets a false start. Now it's third and 12. They don't pick it up. They punt the ball away, and the Vikings score a touchdown. They shouldn't even have gotten the ball back in that half. Well, yeah, the Eagles' offense did not get in the end zone on their first eight possessions. They, they stink. They have, and what's crazy is that Carson Wentz is playing well. He's yeah. playing very well. Carson Wentz and the entire off starting offensive line is on the field along with Jeffrey Ertz and Aguilar. Like yeah. you're not missing any of those. Those are the one, two, three, four, five, the nine most important players on offense you have. Yes. And they just had a string going back to last week of 13 straight possessions without a touchdown. Roberto and Dino Garbaggio. Now, what do you think about this missing right? I know we talk about it every week. Uh, At some point, do we have to say this is a thing? Yeah, I mean... I don't see them out-scheming anybody. Well, I don't I see mean, any... It looked like T. Filippo put together a pretty good uh, game please. plan. Please, he could have eaten Schwartz's lunch. If he wanted to put up 35, they probably... Zimmer's probably like, he's up there. Yeah. Don't get crazy. Yeah, I'm sure Zimmer's got that kind of self-restraint. Uh... No, Zimmer even, believes in, even, like, just don't give the game away. Get to, I didn't even get to get on the uh, the Vikings special teams coordinator this week. I totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Is he still there? Who's that yeah, guy? He's still there. The, the oh, I don't know. Homophobic guy. Um, what else was I going to say here? Oh, here. what do you think about this? Uh, we don't start- I think there is some. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if it's their departure, if it's... Doug smelling himself, like spending the offseason writing a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of... Oh, yeah, that's my favorite take. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there are a lot of things that are going on. There's the, the disease of more has taken over this, <laughs> this franchise. Uh, here's a number for you. The Eagles have scored seven points in the first quarter all season long. That's pathetic. Do you know where that ranks? 30th. 31st in front of the Browns. Do you know where they ranked last year? First. Third. Okay. So listen, I, I you listen, know I loved Linda, writing about Linda, those Saturday listen. those Saturday night meetings with yeah. old Frankie Reich and Dougie P, maybe mm. breaking out a couple M Light Shyamalan. Have we by the way followed up room on service. are they are they not doing the Wednesday nights with Wentz either? Thursday nights. Thursday nights? Because uh, remember know. he said he didn't do it the first week, and I don't know if anyone's followed up since. Mm, all right. Come out firing with that bad boy tomorrow. He, he won't even call a quarterback sneak for the guy who's never not gotten one in his life. And he said he's not apprehensive. BS. Who get, Does anyone ever get injured on a quarterback sneak? Quarterbacks don't get injured on sneaks, do they? Well, listen. Kelsey? On the one hand, Carson Wentz has never not gotten, it on first, on, not gotten a first down on a quarterback sneak. On the other hand, if you have an opportunity to get Josh Adams in space one on two, <laughs> you've got to take it. I don't understand the non. Uh, I think Peterson said it was like a long one or something, or he said he's not apprehensive to call a sneak. But they ha- have they called any sneaks at all with Wentz since he's been back? No. All right, that's crazy. This was such a weapon. This was a drive extender last season. Yeah. Now could it be that? Uh, they're not worried about Wentz, they're but they're saying Kelsey? Kelsey's got the knee and he's going to get blown back. I don't know. I don't think so. It's inches. They had mastered this play. It's inches. Oh, my gosh. 
Zach Ertz said, our team is made to, hold on, no team in the league, first of all, is made to play from a deficit of 17-3, but our team in particular is definitely not. Yeah, we want to give our that. defense the lead so those guys can take off with the four guys and dominate like Listen, they Listen, we do. knew that this locker room was in disarray last weekend when, we did? when Zach Ertz said, this is a team that love, that hates losing more than it loves winning. And at the same time, Malcolm Jenkins said, I don't know about that. I love winning way more than I hate losing. They, you know, they're not, they can't get on message. I think those are like the two guys I'm least worried about in the, uh, well, in the locker room. Speak for yourself. Okay. I'm not worried about... <laughs> what, uh, what the hell does that mean? I'm not worried about Joshua Perkins. Okay. And then you've got Shelton Gibson making that big play downfield. Oh, my gosh. And you're like, oh, great. Like, good thing they were playing Josh Perkins and Kamar Aiken all that time. And then he commits that stupid illegal formation penalty. And, like, oh, that's exactly why. That's the reason this, this guy couldn't get on the field. And I'll tell you what, Jason Kelsey didn't call him out by name. But he was angry. Well, about Doug that Peterson. I mean, yeah, I mean, the they were, thing. those guys were. Everybody furious. was furious. I think that was the stretch. Yeah, the Eagles are down 20 to 14. They get the fumble off the backwards pass. They're at the Vikings' 30 yard line. Shelton Gibson does not line up properly. Penalty. I thought I saw Peterson like laying into, like Peterson's supposed to be calling yeah. the next play, right. and he was like laying into Gibson on the sideline there. They took him out of the game. And then uh, the next play, or I think two plays later, Peters and Johnson both get smoked. Wentz, intentional grounding. They end up back at the 40-yard line. Smoke if you got him. Third and 20. (laughs) Throws a beautiful pass to Jeffrey right off his hands. I would need to see a replay. I mean, it's, yeah. They it hit him in the hands. Okay, but there were defenders. He thought he was going to get crushed, yeah. But he hit him in the hands. Not quite a hospital ball, but, you know. Not that there was a a choice. Fireball. You should have caught that? Okay. They really are having... Yeah, I need to look up their drop stats. It does feel like quite a few. Wendell uh, Small would have that drop. I mean, I, of all the crazy things that have happened this season, the fact that, that through five games, Wendell Smallwood has been such a big part of the Eagles season, it, like, knocks my socks off. Yeah. Well, even... What do you on, think about knocks your socks off? I don't really understand. I, didn't, it didn't, I've never, I don't know if I've ever used it before, and it didn't feel good. Yeah, although I will say, a bad omen this morning... A rip in my favorite pair of dress socks. Oh, I'm nice, so sorry. Nice blue, red, and white polka dots. I'm sorry. I looked down right near sort of the heel. A little rip. I had to tell you. I, it's I, a heel hole? I thought, well, no, not not quite. It was kind of like the inside. You know? The, like the Go from instep? the heel to the... I don't, yeah, I guess that could be it. I don't know. Got to get some So like socks. underneath? Like here. This is going to make for bad puns. Yeah, that's fine. But like, yeah, like here. Oh, like oh, like that? up on that little uh, that little ankle knob. Okay, ankle. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, right there. Okay, have to chuck those. Yeah, you so know. it's visible. It's not even a discomfort thing. It's yeah. just a look thing. Uh, well, I you know, I couldn't decide whether to go suit no suit. You know, post shower, I was thinking I'm gonna go suit tie. I start changing into it. I said I'm not in a tie mood. I was. It was one of those get out of the went, shower. I and went you're suit sweating. no tie. And then I had like just a, a shirt and some suit pants, and like those, did a full full change after that. Yeah, I couldn't get comfy. Yeah, I was on I the fence too. Should have been a too. bad omen. I was on the fence too. I went, I went uh, suit no tie. But the mistake I made was I wore this pink shirt, which I like. I like the fit. Nice shirt. It's yeah. a good shirt. What I what I forgot was that it's it's the NFL's Breast Cancer Month. I don't want to be seen to be as like a, a cheerleader for the NFL's league initiatives. Mm, yeah, this is a this is an independent pink shirt, not a yeah. not a league approved pink shirt. You could wear it to support breast cancer awareness, just not when the NFL is doing it, right? Of course, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just to be clear to the yeah, listeners. I'll wear a pin. I'll wear a pin eleven <laughs> yeah. months out of the year. Yeah, just not when they're making a sham out of it. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Where? What, what do we got? We'll write down some some quotes I wrote down during the during the game. Okay. Um, you were you wanted to make the case for the uh, intentional shallow punt. Yeah, this is Love a move it. they need to incorporate because any think about when you're watching your team and it's about to field a punt and the punt is terrible and it's shallow and you start flipping out about you know 
get out of everyone, get out of the way. No, don't let like fire, 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 fire. Wouldn't you want to make the opponent's fans always feel like that? Totally. I mean, really, what's the difference in like uh, fifteen yards of field position when you have a chance to create a turnover? It's like doing an onside kick almost every Love time it. you punt. Love it. Like, get it's your head a in the creativity. game. Yeah, Dave Phipp. I know. I know that Shields. Profile Boy, I really screwed these assistant coaches. Fip and Stalin. I can't. Oh I mean, Stalin. You thought you thought <laughs> oh was God. was bulletproof. Bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. Teflon. I, but I, I mean, apologize. unbelievable. It really is something. The good news is it brought in the subs. Uh, let's see. You said to me, "You've got problems." When was that? That was when Ronald Darby left with a stinger, and I tweeted, "Darby left with a stinger." B E E. Yeah. Um, there were after the Michael Bennett roughing the passer call, and we'll, well, this will allow us okay, to have me, you yeah. explain what happened here. Uh, but the the stadium was doing the uh, a hole, yeah. a hole. Of course, they weren't saying a hole; they were saying the actual word. Uh, and they were they're in the row in front of us, or the section in front of us. There are these like three to four like ten year olds who were just. Like giggling. No, oh, so that makes me so it's happy. Fantastic. And this happened to me at uh, WrestleMania 10. Okay. Madison Square Garden. I went with my brother and my dad. I remember this very vividly. <laughs> uh, and there was an there was an a a hole chant, and I was like, I, uh, so the WrestleMania 10 was what year? I don't know. Maybe it was like eight years old or something like that. And I remember being like very thankful that I was there. And I didn't want to take part in the chant because I knew that my dad would get angry. <laughs> so, but I like I think it was I thought it was funny, but I was like trying to be like the respectful yeah, right. gentleman, like you know. But my little brother, who was like four or five, is just doing it, going after it. He's like, and he's got it like a little bit like ah. <laughs> I remember that. I'll always remember that. So there you go. Uh, Back that's a great feeling, you know. Yeah. And that's a fun feeling. You get like, like laughing yeah. at something like that yeah. as, a, yeah. as a young one. All right, so this was a huge penalty. Thirty seconds, thirty-six seconds left in the first half. Michael Bennett sacks Kirk Cousins in the red zone. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been five years old. I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'd have been seven. Uh, it's an eight-yard loss. Would have turned into a third and long. They call roughing the passer on Michael Bennett. I mean, you look at the replays, it looked pretty uh, pretty innocent there. Pretty soft. He hits him in the butt, and then he slides down his legs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone restraining right now from making any type of comment. <laughs> All right, so how it works with the officials is that you have he a... headbutts his butt, actually. You have a pool reporter who was uh, Ruben Frank mm-hmm. of NBC Sports, Philadelphia, NBC Sports Philadelphia who gets to interview the referee at times like this. And so uh, here's what Walt Coldman said when uh, Rube interviewed him. He said he went low into the quarterback's knees with his shoulder with force. And the rule is that you cannot hit the quarterback low at the knee area or below with force. He got the, him there with his shoulder. So that's what I had as far as roughing the passer. Now, now there's like these 90 former referees who are on Twitter and on networks who are just, you know, right. they comment on every one of these plays yes. and then they get retweeted by the team's fan base who supports them. Right. And there was somebody who did that and said it shouldn't have been a penalty. I don't even know who the guy's name was. Seriously, how many of these guys are there now? There's a lot. Unbelievable. It's a good it's You a good should racket. go to refereeing school. <laughs> And then that's just be like, idea. you should just be like the the ref. Like we can get you like a huge Twitter account. Yeah, but that's the thing. Nobody knows the rules. Nobody. So knows everybody's rules. making it up, including the people adjudicating the game when it actually counts. Including me. So I did look it look this up, you know, because a lot of people said, "Oh, he didn't even hit him in his knee at first. You know, he just uh, right. slid down." So here's from the NFL rule book: a rushing defender is prohibited. Prohibited from forcibly hitting in the knee area or below a passer who has one or both feet on the ground, even if the initial contact is above the knee. 
It is not a foul if the defender is blocked into the passer and has no opportunity to avoid him. So it is written in the rule book that it doesn't matter if you hit them in the knee first or second. or if, Yeah, you know, and that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. However, the key word there... Forcibly. Kevin Seifert of ESPN.com is like the rules guru. Whenever okay. there's one of these plays, I just look, see what he's tweeting. Yeah. And uh, he was making this point that the key word there is forcibly because it does not really seem like... No. I mean, I honestly have no idea what that means. It's like you said, like who knows what's forcibly yeah, and what's knows. not. It's so confusing. But, yeah, when you look at the replay, it's kind of like he just slides down and he's not, like, trying to injure the guy's knee. And so, I don't know. Fletcher Cox said he thought it was a bad call. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was uh, probably the most outspoken in terms of, like, he he had a long conversation with, uh, what's the guy's name? Walt Coleman. Mm -hmm. And was like, what am I supposed to tell him there? And he didn't get a good explanation. Michael Bennett left. He didn't want to address it. Brandon Graham said, you know, we kind of know what the rules are at this point. Like, you do anything like that, you're probably going to get flagged. It's probably not fair, but, you know, we kind of know. That's how it goes. So that was a huge play. Two plays later, Ronald Darby for his weekly touchdown allowed <laughs> in the corner of the end zone where you look at it and you say, yeah, eh, was pretty good you know, coverage, it wasn't yeah. really terrible yeah. coverage, but you know what? He still gives up a touchdown. <laughs> so. You're right. I believe Kirk Cousins that he was – unnecessarily roughed as a passer. I just I you think believe Kirk Cousins? I believe I believe him that he was fouled. Okay. Well, but I think it might have been I think it was probably by someone else. I think I believe Michael Bennett's testimony that he is not the one who committed the unnecessary roughness. Okay. And I believe that he thus gets elevated to the Supreme Court. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that was a. I'm sure that will be a big play that everyone uh, is discussing tomorrow. That's the rule. I mean, I don't know. Is it? It very well may have been a. And that was, was it was a third down, right? It was actually a second down. I thought it was, it was a third down. down. It was a yeah, second okay. down, but it would have given them like third, third and fourteen. Along, yeah. I think it would have been. Um, they probably so would have converted. They probably would have converted yeah. anyway. <laughs> they were it, I mean, yeah. they could have thrown at Mills or Darby, and I don't know. <laughs> they could have thrown at yeah, anybody. Uh, let's see. How about this two-point thing? That was interesting. Well, I learned something new here, All right, I feel. so let's get into the two-point thing. Because if, if most Eagles fans are uh, despondent about this loss, we have a dear listener who is very happy. This is an email from Steve DeLuca to the Birds with Friends podcast on October 16th, 2017. Incredible. He says, hi, Sheila Bo." So there is one situation where I believe the two-point conversion is completely underused. Late in the game, when down 14 and scoring a touchdown to bring it within seven, quote-unquote. And here's why. If we were to assume 50-50 conversion rates on two-point conversions... Which I think is fairly It's accurate. usually like 53%, something okay, like that. Right. Uh, and 100% extra point rates. You know, it's a little bit, but that's fine. Then the decision comes down to a simple binary decision tree and some game theory. Let's take the Eagles-Chiefs game as an example. The Eagles were down 27-13 when they scored a touchdown with less than a minute left. Let's assume they were to, let's assume they were to score the second touchdown no matter what. So that's the, that's the presumption. If you're going to come back, you have to score two touchdowns anyway. Here's the possibilities if they went for it for two after the first touchdown. You get the two-point conversion the first time, 50% of the time that happens, to make it a six-point game, and then you make the extra point the second time you win. So that's 50% of the outcomes. You miss the two-point conversion the first time, 50% of the time, and then you go down by eight, and you go for it again, and you get it the second time. So that's 25% of the outcomes you tie the game, and then 25% of the outcomes you lose. So basically, if you go for two uh, and you score two touchdowns, 50% chance of a win, 25% chance of a tie, 25% chance of a loss versus 100% chance of a tie. The decision is clear. Go for two and score a touchdown to bring it within eight, three exclamation points. The three questions, have you guys ever heard this scenario before? Am I completely insane for bringing this up and thinking about this in such detail? And is, is, is this so completely insane that no coach would actually go for two in this situation? Two months later, Steve emails us, since Coach Flynn mentioned this exact scenario on the podcast this week, 
I wanted to mention this email I sent in early October. I'm sadly obsessed with this concept, but I do think it should be used and popularized. Uh, oh, now, Coach Flynn mentioned it on our podcast. Co- last Coach year? Flynn mentioned it on our podcast. Oh. I believe that was the. Sorry, Coach Flynn. We the, let you down. And Coach Flynn let us know during the game. Oh, he was texting us. Right decision. Right every decision. time. Every time. Do it. He was all over it. He was all now, over it. Now, Amoa Culpa to Steve DeLuca, as expected, the Birds with Friends podcast oh, never responded. Oh my gosh. And Steve emails us after it happened. <laughs> he did it! Exclamation point. So to Steve, Mazel Tov. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm all on board. It was the right decision. I'm on board now. I'll admit I had no idea what was going on in real time. I thought well, I thought it was somewhat here? related to because it it was a uh, contested touchdown. It looked like Wendell Smallwood might have not completed the catch, so I was confused about that. Yeah, I thought maybe they want to like, like run a play real right, quick, so that but it I guess that reviewed. wouldn't really matter. Yeah, uh, uh, reviewed rather. So yeah, there's actually been multiple things written. About this on the uh, on the internet. Yeah, I mean, apparently this is this is known by the book. Yeah, the absolute right decision. But so, so can't date him, got to marry him. Am I uh, right to interpret that the Eagles were in the same uh, similar situation as the Chiefs last year, and they did not do this? Yes. Oh, so that's interesting. Yeah. So he's even going bigger on the uh, analytics. Uh, it's a good, it's a so. good sign. Yeah, maybe this was a maybe this was a particular offseason scenario of discussion. Chase Stewart of Football Perspective was huge on this, and he, like Coach Flynn, was all over it right away. He said, since the advent of the two-point conversion, only four coaches have correctly gone for two after being down 14 in the fourth quarter and then scoring a TD. Doug Peterson tonight, Brian Billick in 2001, Jimmy Johnson in 1998, and Bill Belichick with the Browns in 1994. Your boy. All right. So. It seems like those guys were probably doing it by accident. Maybe. I don't know. What are you doing over there? I'm trying all of a to sudden? get comfortable. There's well, there's a chair behind you. Yeah. Come on, we're almost done. Just get through it. I think we're almost done. We're like halfway through. <laughs> those are all Super Bowl uh, winning coaches, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need the. Uh, well, I guess Belichick with the Browns didn't have the. That's true. He hadn't earned the. Cojones they eventually yet. won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else have I written down here? Oh, well, this is interesting. I mean, the I'll Eagles be are, the judge of that. The Eagles are two and three right now. I think it may be time to retire the Super Bowl intro. I think we may need to go go on to what some new Super drops. Bowl? Oh, ours. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah, Excuse they haven't little, earned. They haven't earned that. Di- yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Do, this is this team is not that team. No. That is for for dang sure. Well, that is the funny part of this is that you know. A lot of these issues you can sort of foresee, and you know the challenges, and Malcolm Jenkins is, you know, he told the whole team before the season, this isn't boxing. You don't have the belt until someone takes it away. Like, you won the belt, and now the belt is uh, in a office or a weird room on Park Avenue, and someone will get it in February, but everyone is zero and zero, and so take the signage down from the locker room, and we are not that team. And all that stuff, so they were prepared for that. I mean, these self-inflicted wounds, like this is now running on four weeks in a row where they're talking about them. You know, we were at practice on Wednesday, and Carson Wentz opens up the practice. He gets everyone in the huddle and says, the little things are killing us right now. Like, this was the focus of their week. And then all of a sudden, in the locker room after this game, you have Malcolm Jenkins addressing the team. And what is he saying? Little things are killing us. Self-inflicted wounds. So it's like... It's not like they've been ignoring this stuff, or I mean, they're harping on it and harping on it and harping on it, and it's not making a difference. So I don't know where uh, they go from here. Whether some of it will be regression type deal, whether uh, some of the personnel changes will work out, whether just the players that they have who are good players will start to play better. I mean, it could be any combination of those things. What they do have working for them is that. Uh, the division continues to be Garbanzo Beans. The Giants lose today on, what, a 63-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys lose in overtime to the Texans, and Washington plays on Monday night. So it is, like, all still there for the taking in terms of the division. Um, and they were saying that. You know, Lane Johnson kept saying the division's terrible. Yeah, but. I think so. I think Doug must have mentioned to that, that to them because, like, many players were saying that mm-hmm. after the game. And it is true, but it's like, I don't know. 
at some point, this is going to get really old to be talking about yeah. the same things over and over again. I mean, I said to you, we're four days removed from being done six games. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's uh, week one or week two anymore here. And so now you look at the stretch coming up. you got the Giants on Thursday night. You're home against the Panthers. They look like a, real, a pretty good team. And Do they? They barely beat the Giants at home. I don't know. What are the Eagles doing? Well, they're losing yeah, everybody. Neither of them is pretty good, Okay, I think. Well, they're a competitive team. Sure. Uh, the Eagles are competitive. They're losing close games. I mean, this well, game wasn't even that close. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that whole, like, oh, so, like the whole yeah. self-inflicted. And the, that's what I didn't like about the locker room. They this didn't beat thing. us. I mean, every statistical category, they beat you. Yeah. If they don't miss field goals, that's six more for them. We're beating ourselves. They're not beating us. But yeah, at the I same disagree. time, you got to give credit to the other guys that get paid, too. <laughs> They got they wiped the floor with them. They, although at the, I mean, at the same time, they really did almost get that onside kick. That was a nice onside kick. It was. Uh, we were talking yeah. about is Jake Elliott a good onside kicker, and I actually ended up being a pretty good onside kicker. Well, let's talk for a second about unforced <laughs> errors and uh, needing to do a better job and mistakes that you shouldn't be making relative to head coach Doug Peterson. Ooh, Sheil. Ooh. All right. Two wasted Andy Reid timeouts from him in the second half of this game. One on fourth and one. He calls a timeout as uh, the game clock is coming down. Defensible because it's fourth down. You need to get that. You, you mean you need to pick that up if you're going to win the game. But at the same time, indefensible because. How about get the freaking play in earlier? Get the play in earlier. If you went for it, you know you're going for it on fourth down. You should have your play ready. I thought that was what they lived on last year. Be ready. And then that, like... Situational football. That... One of the worst challenges I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the worst I've seen. I mean, and so he says that he didn't know that Stefan Diggs had possession when he first caught it. So he gets one foot down, he thinks he doesn't still have possession, and then it's 2-3, and he thought maybe 3 was out of bounds. No! What, are we working on hunches First of all, it's right in front of you. Right in front of you. Second of all, where's the guy in your ear? People in the booth. You can't be wasting that timeout. That was that was ridiculous. I've never seen a review. That was one of the worst timeouts I've ever seen, or challenges I've ever seen. I've never seen a review determined faster than that. Like, all the players were just uh, waiting around, right? Or was there a commercial? Yeah, yeah well, they went to commercial weird that was expecting that it there. was going to be a long right. review, and yeah. then they're just waiting because <laughs> the, the guy had already said. Yeah, that was not good. I mean, listen... You're going to sit there and tell everybody else they got to get it together. They got to stop making bad mistakes. Mm. Starts in the mirror. Well, yeah. I mean, last year it was like every coach, it just seemed to be clicking and they're prepared and they're coming out hot every game. And the O-line is uh, amazing. And Nelson Aguilar is having this. Uh, bounce back season, so you give credit to Mike Grow. You're getting running back production from guys who are not, you know, considered great running backs. You're giving credit to Deuce, defensive side of the ball. Jim Schwartz is, you know, working with some Garbanzo Beans at cornerback, and still they're playing uh, well enough. Ken Foot Joel. I don't know why that wasn't that funny. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I don't think we ever discussed the job he was doing. Maybe we should have. Jordan Hicks went down. <laughs> and, and Justin uh, Peel was stringing sentences together. Anyway, now, is, the, is there a unit on this team that is... I always just like to, to judge. Yeah. This is probably unfair, but I like to judge you know, the coaching by, uh, is this group outperforming their perceived talent? Which is, again, that's there, not Well, fair. I mean, think is about it. We did, we did the, we did the uh, report canard. There's one group, one position group that we gave an A to. Yeah. Justin Peel's tight ends. It, hey, that's not untrue. They're the best. They're the best group on the team. Ertz is on pace for like fourteen hundred yards or something. They throw them the ball. One hundred fifty catches. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, that that is true. So uh, on that note, yeah, I think they can. Uh, they, they should be looking in the mirror a little bit, for sure. 
That challenge was terrible. Um, you know what I was thinking about in the Siamalo thing? Two things. One, I mentioned to you how uh, they never moved his locker. Yeah, this was a crazy theory of yours. They in the in the offensive line corner of the locker room at Novacare Complex. It's Jason Peters, Isaac Siamalo, Jason Gillesey. Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. It's this is what they wanted to be the starting offensive line. Why is that so funny? <laughs> I was just thinking of the last thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and I think that, it, you know, to some minor degree speaks to the fact that, that this was the guy they always wanted to be the starting line. I guard. don't think so. I think it does. And I think I'm right. But the other thing, uh, do you remember that Sports Illustrated piece where they, where they had dinner with the offensive line? Yes, I do. They had the five starters from the Super Bowl, Big V, and Jason Peters. No Ike. No, no Ike, Big Ike. I don't know if he, maybe he's not part of the clique. Why didn't he get the invite? Wait, so which direction are you going in here? That he is the, he is the one the front office wants, but the players, maybe not so much. I don't know. Those, eh. those quotes that you read from the players. They like, they, like, I think they like, and they're all, actually, they all are. Jason Kelsey, actually, when I did my poll of. Uh, they love, they actually say that he's been working really hard. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm making stuff up, but they're just <laughs> things that I want. Yeah. But more importantly, the one thing that did move the needle for me in terms of Isaac C. Milo, two, twice now on Friday and, and, and after the game today, he has declined interviews. I respect that. That's fine. But last <laughs> week. When he wasn't the starter, I told, I was talking to Jason Kelsey, and I was telling him that I had just read uh, 1984 for the first time, which uh, I did the audio book. The narrator was fantastic. It's, it's all about the narrator on those. Hard for me to believe how good that book is and that I'd never read it. Kelsey had never read it, and he's like, oh, what's it about? And Isaac C. Milo chimes in from out of nowhere, says, <laughs> predicts the future. I said you got the longest quote out of Isaac Samuel. So he's way up in my book. I think I'm voting him for the Pro Bowl. Um, but no, Jason Kelsey, when I did that poll before the season of who's going to you know, have a big year based on this summer, he actually said Isaac Samuel. He's like, this might not be a popular pick, but he was like, maybe he knew something. Because he was like, Samuel, yeah. he'd say he's going to be heard from, you know, yeah. this year. And I, I think don't... you had him as your uh, backup uh, in the season predictions. Oh, yeah, look at me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, He's got great hair. He does. I'm that's, very jealous. That is yeah. great hair. Yeah, you had a great photo of him in your... Uh, yeah, that's right. ...in our one piece. Okay. Uh, he, you know what? We, Jason, we split up one piece? Why did Jason Pe- Jason Peters was out of the game for a few snaps again, right? Yeah, he had, had to get his ankle taped. Can they not just sit this guy for a month? It's unbelievable, right? Let's like, let him just condition and get the quad what, healthy. Here's what he said. Like, what are they doing? Why is he struggling? He hasn't made it through an entire game yet. Why can't they just, like, let him rest up? Let's... So I asked him. I said, how's your body? <laughs> That's wow. And he said, I'm getting my legs up under me as I go, but it's tough coming off an ACL-MCL playing 80-something plays a game. <laughs> I'm out there rolling, giving what I got, but, you know, a little rust on me, but I'm not giving up too much. Okay. I mean, remember that game? Like, he, he tried to play a series, couldn't play, and Vitae had to play the whole game. That was the Bucks game. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like, why? I mean, we're extra cautious with every other injury. Wouldn't this be one to just be like, all right, let's uh, let that quad heal? What was the Sproles thing before the game? Did you see this? Huh? Something like how he said something about Sproles? No, what did uh, he say? I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. And that's what I'm asking you for. Oh, okay. Good job. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else you got? Let's see. Eagles ran nine. Well, what do you make of, we haven't really, I mean, what, do you think, do you agree that Carson Wentz played well in this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of trying to think of his play, and I didn't, like, there weren't the wow throws or the spectacular plays. Well, we saw a little bit more of the escapability in this game than we had seen. Do you think so? Yes. Well, there was that one duck under. I will say I'm kicking myself for kind of really, after his first performance, being like, wow, you know, this guy's moving unbelievably. Yeah, I tried to talk you out of that. <laughs> he looks better in this game. He, was, he, he, he had there was that one where he escaped 
a potential sack. That was a play that we have not seen yet. But I feel like there are times where he feels like he has the mobility of last year, and so... He's trying to escape a sack mm. and just those first like that's three true. three steps to get like to yeah. the line of scrimmage or past it. I feel like that's where he's struggling the most. That's true. So, but he's also I mean there there's drops all over the place. Yeah, he's, yeah no, he he's is not really he well. is not on the list of uh, issues with. I no. mean, Peters is right. I think if they protect him, uh, he's only going to get better, and uh, and he will be fine. The final numbers, I mean. He juiced him up a little bit with the last drive. He was 24 for 35, 311 yards, uh, two touchdowns, 8.9 yards per attempt, was sacked three times. So the numbers look great. He had a better quarterback rating than Kirk Cousins. I mean, at the same time, the offense didn't get in the end zone the first eight yeah. possessions. So I think the... The Eagles' leading rusher in this game was Jay Ajayi, who had eight carries for 29 yards. Okay. That's not very good. Zach Ertz, 10 catches for 110 yards. That's outrageous. Um, Jason Kelsey kind of caught himself because he was like being asked about the mistakes and he was like the fumble in the red zone obviously hurt and then he caught himself he's like I'm never going to get after Jay Ajayi yeah, yeah. that okay. dude yeah. he goes that dude runs harder than anybody I've ever played with almost almost yeah <laughs> but so I love that guy yeah but I I mean I don't know no that seemed but that I that read as uh, sincere to me I agree yeah but there, but there must have been another back in his head who he was thinking, well, I don't, I don't know. He doesn't run harder than that guy. Like LeGarrette, I don't know. Mike Bell? <laughs> no. Like there had to be someone who just at the last second popped in his head, right, to add the almost there? DeMarco Murray. <laughs> yeah, DeMarco Murray. I, w- I don't know. I kind of feel like Ajayi is really gutting it out. He's been good. I, I, and playing through this. Yeah, I mean, this injury that, is you know, crazy. we didn't even talk about the fumble. Which preceded the long pass. That too. was huge. And that was huge. I mean, they, that, six yard. That line. was the opening drive of the yeah. first of the second half. You, you punch it in there. You make it a seven point game, and and you've got the Uncle Mo on your side. Yeah. And it looks like uh, people are telling me that it, it it wasn't even punched out. He just he yeah. Just I couldn't tell. It. I didn't get a great look at it. But I can see. I can see when you um, couple that with the Bennett penalty. Right. How you could be, how, why the players in the locker room are like, oh, we're, you know, one play away. Yeah, but they're fooling themselves. I, I agree. I mean, I think that's, yeah, I don't think that's the right way to look at it. If the Vikings needed to score more, if the game situation was different, I mean, the defense showed no signs of being able to stop anybody. And the offense, uh, you know, spent most of the game not doing much. Stefan Diggs, 10 catches for 91 yards. Adam Thielen, 7 for 116 and a touchdown. Big day for you. You found out about uh, Rock Thomas's existence. Yeah, didn't know about him. That was fun. Well, I do think the one thing, you know, I, I thought it was going to be interesting to see how DiFilippo uh, attacked the Eagles' defense because he knew it so well. And the one thing that stood out was just the, hey, if they're playing, you know, zone and they're this far off, let's just throw those screens outside. They were getting the ball real quick on those. Yeah. On those screens. Yeah. And Stefan Diggs is picking up 7, 8, 10, 12, 14 yards easily. So uh, that will be interesting. And then, I mean, I'm just surprised that they only threw one double move with Jalen Mills. Maybe there were more that he had covered, but uh, I thought we were going to see like six of those. So that was interesting. Eagles offense two for five in the red zone, including the end of the game. Not great. Two for nine on third down. Also not great, obviously. All right. Anything else? Nope. So we will do a pod no, on... No, we uh, do have one more thing, my friend. Uh-oh. Oh, are you grousing somebody? No. Okay. I don't really... Yeah, you can't give it to Cousins. He I carved mean, him up. Cousins remains the reigning uh, grouse of the year. Well, the your, your cousin winner. segment really generated a lot of buzz, I, I told you. My wife commented... Uh, who else do we have? Rich was a big fan. Rich was a big fan. Dan Gallen yeah. was a big fan. Uh, so, yeah, that that generated a lot of buzz, even as I was trying to get you to end it. You got something for so us? So we've got the Giants coming up Giants on Thursday. Short night. week now. Short week. It's kind of Got to get if in you, there, get if, your treatment. If you think about it, you could also almost make the case that it's a good thing for the Eagles. You Listen. Put this game behind them. Bad taste out of your choice. mouth. Yeah. Uh, light week of practice. 
Got to shore up some things. Yeah. You got to have your focus. It's a division game. I mean, the, you got a chance to win the division, right? Got to wear a suit, probably. Thursday night football. No? You wear a suit for this guy? Which guy? Here we go. I don't know if you saw this, Shield, but there was uh, was an Odell Beckham sort of threw the quarterback under the bus before this game. He was asked if there if the quarterback was a problem, and he said, I don't know. So, I think something <clears throat> about, like, getting the ball downfield is it mm. because of the quarterback. Okay. Well, here's the uh, the leader of men in the Giants locker room when asked about it. I'm going to answer all the drama questions right now, and I'm going to go back to what I said, all right? I addressed it with Odell. I addressed it with our team. I publicly declared that I didn't agree with his comments, and I asked anybody that was interested, if they wanted clarification, go to Odell because he's a big man. Now, I'm not going to give the public a pound of flesh on this, right? That would make me small, not strong. And these are the kind of things, in my opinion, when you have the locker room that we have that will help galvanize them because the locker room took care of it. And that's all I'm saying on it. Finito. <laughs> Done. I didn't, ask him, I didn't ask him to apologize. I told him what, I told him what he thought. I will not talk about what a player talks about in a meeting or what I talk about with the player. I would encourage you, if you have... If you have follow-up questions with this matter, go see Odell. <laughs> Benito! That was good. That was good. I also like that I would be... I'm going to see if you're going to say the same thing that uh, I caught. I'd be, a, uh, I'd be small, not strong. What okay, was that? that was good. Uh, that would make me small, not strong. But I, I think... I've got to be a strong man. That's a big, that's big a real strong, football thing. Man. I think he got caught in between when he said... Uh, you could go see Odell. He's a big man. Yeah. It's either he's a big boy or he's a grown man, right? <laughs> yeah, he's he's not man. really. He's not, he's a, not big a big man. man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you could say you, you could have called him a big, strong, powerful man. That's but, funny. Uh, yeah, I've he, never seen him that fired up. Never in my life like, have I seen him like, that fired up. He's normally at like a level two, and that was like a level 11. That well, was for outstanding. Him, for a normal person, that's like an eight. But. I mean, he does the whole stack the papers at the end. To finite, the, and he does the he does the arm, <laughs> he does he does the hand like he's like a human dash. Finito. Listen, if you're an Eagles he's karate chop, if you're an Eagles fan feeling down in the dumps, yeah. just like think Ooh. of that franchise. Finito passing on the QBs, Ugh. drafting the RB. Uh, I didn't see the interview. The wide receivers going on ESPN with Lil Wayne throwing the QB under the bus, <laughs> and then you got Mister uh, Finito. At the end of I'm your not going to give you guys a pound of flesh. What does that mean? Is that a saying? I don't know. All right, I don't let's, know let's kind wrap of, it up. Kind of that was a good good one to end on. Pat Shermer's got. All right, we will be back with a uh, a podcast on Tuesday to set the stage for Thursday's game, and then uh, Birds with Friends Radio Wednesday night again mm-hmm. with Joe Giulio on WIP at eight o'clock. Uh, I guess that'll just about do it for Shukapadia. I'm Bo Wolf, and as always, we love you. Finito!